talk, sports, and the hits of the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Kane 107.5. Good morning and welcome to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. And uh, a little bit of everything this morning here on a big uh, hump day uh, Wednesday morning, December the 13th. Uh, with that, the NFL Power Rankings are out. We'll talk a little bit about that. Pelicans up in Washington take on the Capitals tonight. They're seven-point pick. Uh, they're 10, uh, 12 and 10 on the year. Meanwhile, uh, Southern, the Jaguars have hired a new football coach. We'll talk about a little collegiate basketball, too. The LSU ladies went off last night uh, against uh, uh, McNeese and set a few records, too, in that game. High school basketball action, uh, Westgate, Finally, I think last night was their first uh, uh, game of the regular season here in the 23-24. We'll have a few other scores. One score that I need to maybe uh, do a little research on. Can't believe it. Meanwhile, uh, at 745, we'll talk to Coach Terry Martin of the Lorville Tigers. They're uh, bringing back that uh, I-10 high school basketball, uh, basketball football game uh, that was, uh, I guess, dumped a few years ago. I guess covid Kind of put that to sleep for a little bit, but coach will talk about that and uh, maybe uh, get him to talk about a few other things with the Tigers. Meanwhile, the Saints uh, Sunday host the Giants. You know, the Giants have won three in a row. They were looking pretty peaked uh, there for a while, but with their new quarterback, DeVito, uh, they've run all three games. Uh, Saints are a six-point pick in that game, last I recall, and uh, over in the Superdome this weekend. Of course, Saints have... Four games left uh, with uh, Tampa Bay uh, uh, along with the Rams and uh, Atlanta, uh, not necessarily in that order. Meanwhile, the uh, Thursday night game, the Chargers will be in Las Vegas. Uh, bad news for the Chargers. Uh, Justin Herbert uh, looks like he's lost for the year. Is, yeah. Yeah, and with that, uh, an interesting game this weekend up in Buffalo is the Cowboys. Travel up there to take on the Bills. Believe it or not, the Bills are a two-and-a-half-point pick. Looked up the temperature. The game time is supposed to be about 48 degrees uh, in that, uh, which is not too bad uh, in that. It's not like it's uh, 25 up in Buffalo right now. now. You know, around the Great Lakes, temperatures aren't always extreme. You, you get that lake effect snow, though. Uh, now, you do get more extreme temps in January, maybe uh, still later this month, but Really, it's the snow you worry about this yeah. time of year. And, you know, that same thing happens uh, in New Orleans. Uh, you go across the lake, temperatures generally uh, 10 degrees uh, cooler across the lake. Uh, meanwhile, as always, we'll have our Today in Sports History. Anyway, uh, with that, uh, the NFL Power Rankings out and the foursome of 10-3 teams uh, sit atop uh, the Power Rankings with a month left in the regular season. Top 10 uh, the Cowboys and Eagles swapped spots after Dallas beat Philly uh, Sunday night. The suddenly uh, frisky Bills are back in the top five. The Browns and Bengals have joined the party behind a pair of uh, unlikely quarterbacks. Joe Flacco, make a, make, and I want to say Flacco's like 38 maybe, 39 possibly uh, playing. And, uh, of course, Jake Browning. Man, they have missed a beat, man, with Joe Burrow down uh, with a wrist injury for the rest of the year, it looks like. So, uh, meanwhile, the 49ers come in at uh, number one in the power rankings at 10-3 and three on the year. That's where they stood last week at this time. Cowboys are up two spots at 10-3. and three. Meanwhile, the Ravens remain the same as the Cowboys uh, jumped them. The Eagles dropped a couple spots. They're 10-3, and three, and those are the uh, best records in the NFL right now.
right now. The Bills at seven and six are up three. Uh, they're at number five. Meanwhile, the Dolphins drop one at nine and four. Chiefs remain the same at number seven. They're eight and five on the year, and I think they've lost their last two at home. Meanwhile, the Lions have dropped a couple spots uh, to eight. They're at nine and four on the year. And the Browns are up six. They're eight and five on the year. Uh, and uh, the Bengals at seven and six on the year, up three. Elsewhere, the first place Bucks jumped uh, four spots with a win over the Falcons. The Vikings jumped five spots after a win, uh, three to nothing. That's right, three to nothing over the Raiders, uh, who fell five spots. And the reeling Chargers fell five spots after falling to the Broncos and losing, as I mentioned, Justin Herbert to a fractured finger. Uh, anyway, this week's uh, 15 uh, slate brings uh, the first three Saturday games of the season. Vikings at the Bengals, Steelers at the Coats, and the Broncos at the Lions. Plus, the Raiders host the Chargers uh, tomorrow night. Uh, the Jaguars host the Ravens on Sunday night. And the Seahawks meet the Eagles on Monday night. So, uh, with that, so uh, a lot of football going on, of course, also this weekend. The college is geared up in the bowl game action. Just 43 bowl games for the next, uh, what, approximately four weeks uh, as the uh, championship game will be played, I think, uh, January the 8th, which is a Monday night. Elsewhere uh, in that, so uh, we'll see. Uh, the bowl games, the Cajuns head over to New Orleans uh, to take on Jacksonville State. They're out of Alabama. Rich Rodriguez uh, is the coach there uh, as the Cajuns and the Mike Desimo. Uh, we'll look to see if they can keep their New Orleans streak of uh, the New Orleans Bowls uh, can to continue. I think that right now, as of this morning, uh, they were a three-point, uh, the Cajuns were a three-point dog in that game. Elsewhere, the Pelicans, uh, they'll travel to Washington tonight to take on the Capitals. Uh, Pelicans, uh, of course, were embarrassed, I mentioned, uh, but yet they came through with a big win the other night against the team with the best record in the league that the Minnesota Timberwolves. They beat them uh, in a game uh, this past week. Meanwhile, the Pelicans, up uh, they're on a three-game road swing. I think they head to uh, Charlotte after this. Not sure who their fourth, uh, third game may be, but their seven-point pick tonight in that regard. Elsewhere, a little news in uh, with uh, Southern hires uh, uh, a uh, new football coach, and he's kind of familiar to the Southern fans. Uh, it should be as uh, he now, uh, uh, I want to say, uh, Terrence uh, Graves will be guiding uh, the Southern Jaguars uh, in their uh, football season course. He's got a little, uh, how would you say, He's got a little uh, – he coached the Grambling team a couple years He's ago. Been, he has been an interim coach uh, of all time in the SWAC uh, because I think he's also at uh, Mississippi Valley uh, as an interim also. So. Yeah, he's he's uh, been around the block. He's 53 years of age, and he's now the full-time coach. News conference today announced uh, uh, yesterday uh, the 31-year veteran uh, assistant at several stops and three times an interim coach becomes the 24th co- 21st coach in Southern history with the Jags and Graves 53 uh, after Southern fired Eric Dooley uh, November 14th Graves then coached the Jaguars to the 50th anniversary Bayou Classic victory over Grambling 27 to 22 becoming the first coach in uh, the team's annual event to coach teams uh, in those annual events. He served as an interim coach at Grambling 
two years ago when the Tigers beat the Jags uh, 29-26. Meanwhile, shortly after that, Grambling's uh, victory, Graves was hired by Dooley as an assistant head coach, special teams coordinator, linebackers coach prior to the 2022 season. And Graves has been part of uh, five Southwest Athletic Conference championships and three black national titles, two at Southern in 95 and 97, one at Grambling in 2016. 13-year uh, association with Southern as a defensive coordinator and linebackers coach. Uh, he started at Southern as a graduate assistant under the late coach uh, Pete Richardson in 94-95, joined the staff as a full-time basis in 96-98, and a special teams linebackers coach. So uh, very familiar with uh, uh, the Southern fans, very familiar with uh, Terrence Graves. So he'll be calling uh, the shots for the uh, – Jaguars uh, in the coming years in that regard. Meanwhile, in some collegiate basketball last night, uh, the LSU Lady Tigers, I mean, they set all, I think they set a few records uh, in their game uh, last night against the uh, McNeese Cowgirls as uh, LSU, the number seventh ranked team, they've been at uh, holding in that spot for a while. They beat McNeese last night, folks, 133 to 44. Uh, with that, uh, with 2.15, I think, left in the uh, first quarter of that game, LSU went on to win that quarter, 32-12. to McNeese didn't score again until the third quarter. They were shut out in the second quarter, 30 to nothing. Uh, the Lady Tigers came back to beat them in the third quarter, 38-15. to In the final quarter, uh was 33-17. to uh, The uh, LSU ladies... Uh, uh, the the two main records that uh, I was aware of was the point differential, uh, 89 point point differential. That's the largest ever for the uh, Lady Tigers over an opponent. And the 133 points they scored was another record for the Lady Tigers. And uh, uh, looking over the article uh, earlier this morning, uh, I do believe the Lady Tigers, as Coach Kim Mulkey said, trying to get them a little more exercise and and a little more endurance. They pressed uh, McNeese pretty much throughout the game. And uh, not sure if the McNeese coach had anything to say about that when you're up by 60 and you're still pressing someone. So uh, anyway, but uh, that's how it falls as you try to win the game. And the uh, Lady Tigers uh, just did an outstanding job. Uh, everybody was in the scoring column for them. And I also noticed the young lady from uh, that transferred in from Louisville, uh, her name escapes me right now, but uh, she didn't play last night. Yeah, she's, she's had a nagging injury. Uh, she sat uh, much of Sunday's game against UL Lafayette, uh, Van Lith. Uh, I yes, her. that's a- it. Ailey, maybe. Yeah, that's it. But, uh, yeah, she's uh, been dealing with like what they've termed a nagging injury, and uh, hopefully she can get well uh, before the conference season uh, begins, before things get real, especially without pool now. And, you know, that's a nagging injury, too. Uh, that's in the base of uh, your bottom of your foot. And it's just yeah. it. You know, whenever you walk and run and do things of that nature, you just aggravate it more. So I'm surprised they don't have her in a boot, you know, in that regard uh, to keep uh, that injury uh, from going. And like you said, yeah, she has no need to play right now as the Lady Tigers. Uh, still have a couple more teams uh, out of conference to play before conference gears up in the first week of January. But at one time during that game last night, uh, LSU scored 43 straight points uh, in that, uh, I'm sure it was uh, the end of the first quarter into the third quarter. And uh, as I mentioned, the 133 points and 89 uh, uh uh, point differential, all set records for LSU, uh, surpassing the 125 points they scored against uh, 
uh, Bellarmine uh, uh, last year and eclipsing the 76-point advantage over Prairie View back in uh, 1995. And you don't think about it when you're in the moment, uh, Coach Mulkey said, but I don't care who you're playing. That's kind of crazy. It all unraveled for McNeese when LSU ignited a transition offense near the end of the first quarter. Tigers missed, believe it or not, 10 of their first t 13 shots from the uh, game. And after heating up, they hit nine straight field goals, closing the quarter on a 22-2 run. Uh, Anish uh, Morrow started the run by receiving addition, transition, powering through the lane. And uh, they just kept pouring it on the Tigers. Uh, we had to start pressing to get along, Mulkey said. We came out sluggish again, and I just said, you know, we're going to pick them up full court. If nothing else, it's going to get us in shape and a little bit better and make us move. So I was rotating them in and out quickly in our press uh, with that. So uh, the Lady Tigers, uh, uh, with that, she and Angela Luis, who started alongside each other at LSU front court for the third game, and that's uh, the young Larry, lady by the name of uh, Morrow, and that's the Lady Tigers. Uh, Beat the McNeese Cowgirls, uh, 133 to 44, and uh, just <laughs> it was just something to behold last night. Uh, uh, I'm not sure if it was on ESPN Plus or not, but uh, uh, LSU. I'm sure all their players got into the game. I'm sure if they even had. Well, in points. fact, uh, that was one of her goals is to get. You know, they're going to press, but they were also going to work in a lot of different players to try and get them in shape. Yeah. Of course, uh, Coach Mulkey said that after the game, although Van Leith uh, is likely healthy enough to play, the team wants to give her injury more time to heal before the Southeastern Conference play begins, as we mentioned, uh, January 4th. LSU's next uh, opponent will be Northwestern State at 2 p.m. Sunday before heading to Baltimore, Reese's hometown, to take play Coppin State on Wednesday, December the 20th. So uh, Lady Tigers, uh, I'm sure they're going to move up. They've been stuck at seven in the polls, I think. And they, they really while. haven't played anybody since they lost, uh, you know, the well, they did beat uh, Virginia Tech. Or Virginia Tech, yeah. yes. That, that was about Who was rated, only, too, I think yeah. ninth at the time. Yeah. And uh, interesting in that regard. So uh, Lady Tigers uh, just uh, uh, bombing through the uh, course of the action uh, uh, in the meantime. So uh, anyway, uh, I saw a strange uh, – uh, basketball score uh, this morning when I started going through my score stream. I saw where Dunham beat St. Thomas Moore. Jeff, I don't know if you can uh, uh, go ahead and uh, pull this up as fact. Dunham beat St. Thomas Moore out of Lafayette men's, uh, men's varsity basketball 14 to nothing. And I, I, that's the score I saw. And it said final. And uh, I'm not so sure. I've never seen a score. Uh, like that. I'm trying to think of a situation that would, you know, a forfeit, but usually it's two nothing. That's or right. Something like that. The the lowest, well, in football it's two nothing because that's the lowest possible score you could uh, have, uh, realistically. But that uh, fourteen to nothing, I've never, I've never even heard. See, a, a, see if the AP has yeah, got some statewide scores here. Anyway, I just uh, – that I've never seen – and St. Thomas More historically uh, under uh, Broussard uh, has had some fine teams, both uh, Ricky, his older brother, and, and now – and I see the score. I've never seen a high school basketball score. I'm sure that's men. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, I see boys varsity basketball on score screen, and it says final 14 to nothing. It was yesterday up in Baton Rouge at Dunham. Yeah, Dunham uh, girls beat St. John 44 to 36. So 
But I don't see uh, men's scores from the AP. Uh, they just offered up the ladies' scores. Sure. Uh, check my stores, score stream to see if we're maybe seeing the same thing. And yeah. You say it is final. Yeah. Nish, by the way, beat Rain. That's right. 55 to 35. Correct. Westgate now, uh, playing now, there. Now, see. Go this, ahead. No, this is girls. Uh, Southside beat St. Thomas Moore 27 to 23, but that's a girls' score. And I believe uh, Westgate played their first game last night of the basketball season. They lose to H.L. Bourgeois uh, by the score of 77-64 to 64, uh, with that. Um, don't know why the uh, so late get start. Uh, other scores in the area, as you mentioned, Nish beating Rain. Uh, Patterson beat Franklin 54-53. to 53. West St. Mary down Jenner at 49-45. to 45. Turlings uh, with a 54-51 to 51 win over Lorville uh, last night and some of the uh, high school action around the area. With that, also Ascension Episcopal, the Blue Gators, Journey to Baton Rouge, take on Woodlawn. Uh, they get beat 53-32. Uh, with that, uh, in girls basketball, Erath uh, Bobcats down the uh, Lady Panthers from Delcom, uh, 35-28. Uh, other scores in that looking around, uh, where the girls action, as you mentioned, Southside beat St. Thomas Moore 27. Girls action, North Vermillion down to Franklin 55-17. to Other girls action, St. Martinville 57-15 uh, over Generette. Uh, looking at some other uh, scores around uh, the area. Uh, boys soccer, St. Thomas Moore beat Acadiana 4 to nothing uh, in some games. But I uh, just found that strange today. Now, I, I see here, Jeff, uh, uh, today a game, uh, of course, that might have been uh, yesterday. Uh, I'm going a little further back on my score stream. But uh, it says St. Thomas Moore at Dunham Tigers, uh, 7 p.m. tonight. That could have been last night uh on that but usually it seems like they move the clock on, on that so uh but uh if we can confirm that 14 to nothing game i mean uh, maybe we need to introduce a 30 second or 35 second clock with uh high school basketball uh in that but uh anyway scores around the area and all and uh of course uh the bowl game action this week as the cajuns take on jacksonville state uh in the meantime, uh, Jeff, just about time to take a first break here this morning on Bayou Sports on a big hump day, uh, December the 13th. We'll be back with more right after this. Is it time for a new roof or to repair the old one? Hi, this is Jake Blanchard with L.A. Classic Roofing. We're a third-generation roofing contractor that has been in the business for over 70 years. As a locally owned and operated company, we're also licensed and insured for your peace of mind. We offer free estimates and a $100 referral fee for full roof replacement. Check us out on Facebook at L.A. Classic Roofing. And the number to call is 465-3888. L.A. Classic Roofing, professional roofing solutions since the 1950s. Nowadays, none of us can be without adequate insurance coverage, but we still want to be sure we're getting the best value for the money. That's why so many people call the Schwing Insurance Agency to get a quote. The Schwing family has been handling the insurance needs of businesses and homeowners for almost 80 years. You can depend on Schwing Insurance to find the coverage you need at the best price. So before you buy a new policy or renew an existing one, call the Schwing Insurance Agency for a quote at 365-2357. Schwing Insurance, 300 East Main, across from the shadows. Hey, guys, if you're looking for the top golf experience in Iberia Parish, you need to look no further than Cane Row Golf and Turf Club. 
Low or high handicappers will enjoy the beautiful greens, the recently refurbished sand traps, and incredibly plush fairways. And by the way, you don't have to be a golfer to enjoy Cane Row. The brand new clubhouse sports some of the best burgers, pizza, wings, and many other choices along with absolutely the best, most potent margaritas that you've ever tried. So whether it's golf, food, or just some fun, come to Cane Row and enjoy. Attention high school sports fans, are you an armchair official? You know, the parent or fan who constantly yells at the referees and loves to let everyone know just how bad you think they are. Well, if you think you could do better, then get in the game and prove it. It's time for you to suit up and make the calls where they actually count. Every sport in Louisiana needs more officials. Sign up today at highschoolofficials.com. Now back to Bayou Sports on the all-new Kane 107.5. Welcome back to Bayou Sports on this big hump day, uh, Wednesday, December the 13th. And uh, with that, just a little tidbit, we'll talk a little bit about it. The Wizards uh, and Capitals are expected to announce uh, this morning that they're leaving D.C. for Virginia. We'll talk about that in a little bit more. Also, why the Olympics could come to New York in 2026 uh, with that. Also, uh, headlines... uh, the Giants' land Lee, South Korean store outfielder Hung Hu Lee, is reportedly uh, headed to the Bay Area on a six-year, $113 million deal. Looks like uh, a lot of money uh, is heading out of the States over to uh, Japan and Korea. Meanwhile, uh, Jeff Lowe Hockey News, the Blues, just four years ago, who uh, won the Stanley Cup, uh, fired their head coach, uh, is at uh, Craig Baruby. Baruby is out in St. Louis. Also, yeah, the Hawks beat them uh, Saturday night 3-1, to one, and that probably was the last straw. They lost to the Blackhawks by the Blackhawks last night. Uh, another Connor Bedard gets the first goal of the game, and I've seen this uh, play out throughout uh, the season. Hawks score first, often Bedard, and then uh, they give up two quick goals. They fall behind and play catch-up the rest of the night, lost four uh, one last night. And uh, pretty much uh, the Blues just four years ago uh, won the NHL uh, championship and the Stanley Cup and uh, coaches out. Okay. You know, we're talking about St. Thomas Moore Dunham. Uh-huh. I'm seeing on the schedule that game's tonight. And that's uh, what I'm, it might uh, be. Maybe somebody just... Uh, uh, just uh, and then remember, score stream is yeah, it's unedited. I mean, it's, it's you, anybody can put so, it in the yeah. score you want. So uh, that's why I said uh, I, I've never seen a score like this. So and you're probably right. And just, I'm, I, I I saw the Dunham schedule. Now I'm going to look at the St. Thomas More schedule just to uh, all right take a look. And they're showing Wednesday too. So okay. that game's. More than likely today. Yeah, and there's somebody playing around with uh, people's minds. Anyway. Uh, St. Thomas More Westgate coming up uh, Tuesday, January 9th, if you want to mark yeah. a good game. You, you betcha. Meanwhile, uh, with Herbert out for the season, the Chargers uh, quarterback uh, will miss the rest of the season, as we mentioned. Surgery repairs, fractured finger. I'm sure it's got to be on his throwing hand. Not sure which finger might be suffered that in Sunday's loss to the Broncos. I remember him coming out of the game. We talked about this last year a little bit. Areza, the lawsuit dropped. The woman who allegedly said she was uh, assaulted by Matt Areza uh, dropped her civil uh, suit against the former NFL punter who was cut by the Bills, you know, in that 2022 season after the lawsuit was filed. Uh, don't know if you ever found another job in that regard. I so. don't think so, and it's a shame. Uh, and whether or not he deserves another job, I don't know. If, if right. he is one of the uh, top 30, 32 uh, punters in the league. But, you know, 
A while ago, the DA dropped uh, any charges against, exonerated him, said he wasn't even in the building. Gee. You know, so at, at that point, uh, her suit was going to fail against him. That doesn't mean she wasn't gang raped by maybe some others that yeah. were in that house, and she may have a legitimate claim against others, but I'm um, glad to see that um, the punter was exonerated. I'm yeah. glad, to, glad to know he didn't do it. Right, and uh cost him his job, though. Yeah. Anyway, uh, of course, you know, Virginia, believe it or not, is the largest state without a major sports team that plays within its borders. And soon it appears the Commonwealth uh, will have two and maybe even three. The Wizards and Capitals are set to announce this morning that they are moving from uh, Washington, D.C. to Alexandria, Virginia. Sources tell one of the national public sports publications, echoing reports uh, from the Washington Post and all, Virginia lawmakers voted Monday in favor to deal to lure the teams away from D.C. and Chinatown neighborhood and to Potomac uh, Yard in Alexander, where they'd anchor a new entertainment hub. Of course, uh, uh, Ted uh, Leonisis, uh, who owns the company Monumental Sports and Entertainment, owns both franchises, is expected to unveil the plans at an event this morning alongside with the governor of Virginia, Glenn uh, Youngkin. Uh, and it looks what looks like an 11th hour deal, Hail Mary, uh, to keep the teams in uh, nation's capital. The D.C. mayor's office announced uh, last night that it would give uh, $500 million, uh, to help renovate the outdated Capital One arena built in 1997. And Monumental's Capital One lease expires in 2027, so the teams wouldn't move until 2028. That gives them roughly four years to build the new arena and surrounding development, which reportedly includes a separate music venue. The big picture, well, Washington, D.C. metro area known as the DMV for D.C., Maryland, and Virginia is engaged in a game of musical chairs with its sports teams. While the Wizards and Capitals look to leave D.C. for Virginia, the Commanders could leave Maryland to move back to D.C. Of course, the NFL franchise, as we all know, played in RFK Stadium from 61 to 96 before moving to FedEx Field in Landover, Maryland. Now that Dan Snyder is out, D.C. is making a push to bring them back. Virginia is also a candidate to land the commanders. Legislators tried to allure them last year with a $1 billion tax revenue for the new stadium, but plans fell apart. The rival of the Wizards and uh, Capitals, uh, uh, along with the uh, reunite them uh, uh, in momentum. And what's at stake to some, the uh, state or district uh, these teams call home is a matter of semantics. It's the same metro area. They all represent Washington, and these st- stadium sites are within a few miles of each other. But uh, these cross-border moves have major implications for taxpayers, fans, politicians, and various other people. Meanwhile, the departure of the Wizards and Capitals would be devastating for downtown uh, D.C. On the flip side, it'd be a major win for Yunkin. That's the governor of Virginia and Potomac Yard, which has just got a new metro stop. Virginians are proud to finally have sports teams on their turf, uh, would embrace them more than ever, but uh, fan interest and attendance could dip among the D.C. residents and Maryland natives. And in this case, uh, the commanders moving back to RFK would connect with them in the nation's capital in the way they haven't seen in decades. And they'll be D.C.'s team again while while seeding the state of Maryland back to the Ravens. Meanwhile, the bottom line, sports teams moving. And and keep in mind, uh, that that is sort of a factor. Uh, FedEx Field, uh, it's still called that, right? Yes. That was built before the Ravens... uh, 
had a team. That's right. And yeah. when did the Ravens move there? In 97, 97? Yeah, somewhere in yeah. there. Art Modell moved them to, uh, to Baltimore, uh, leaving Cleveland. And uh, sports teams moving around the DMV isn't a bombshell. Um, you know, heck, the A's leaving Oakland. Uh, uh, the uh, Raiders left Oakland. Uh, you, you, you see teams moving around. The Rams uh, went from Cleveland to Los Angeles, back to St. Louis. Now they're back in L.A. I mean, the A's went from Philadelphia to Kansas City to Oakland, now to Las Vegas. So, uh, but but this this is a minor move. It's it's probably more about building a better facility. And, you know, just like the the Braves moved out of downtown Atlanta, they moved to an area that yeah. they thought was going to be more conducive, easier for yeah. fans to get to. And, you know, again, that entertainment district, uh, you don't always see these moves pay off, but there often is a, a justification. I don't know what the ticket sales are like at downtown Washington, D.C. I don't know if yeah. there's any other issues. I mean, uh, downtown D.C., um, are people going to the games? Uh, is it tough to get to? Is it, a, you know, uh, do they have a high crime uh, issue uh, yeah. in those areas? But these teams are always looking for greener pastures. Yeah. At least they're not leaving the neighborhood. I right. mean, they're, they're they're staying in the metro area. It's just across the river, you know. Yeah, and, you know, that area... Uh, with a matter of uh, minutes or maybe traffic, I don't know. But we're talking about maybe 20 miles if, if going from one place to the other. It's not, you know, D.C.'s, even though large, it's not that large. It's like a, just a small, big city, if that sounds crazy. But, uh, you know, the District of Columbia is pretty much was laid out uh, back 200-plus uh, years ago. And uh, uh, to move from one spot to the other, what, Baltimore is maybe, what, 20 miles, uh, 40 miles? About 40 miles. Yeah, right. from uh, D.C. and uh, – Annapolis, uh, right around uh, up in that area too. So uh, the academy, but uh, anyway, it's um, it's something to behold uh, in that regard. So uh, we'll see how it all comes out uh, in the meantime. Meantime, uh, believe it or not, uh, you know Italy, who is supposed to hold the Olympics in the uh, coming uh, year, I think in two years, three years, maybe twenty twenty six. Uh, the Winter Olympics, that is. And uh, they're having some issues, uh, financial troubles, and uh, the 2026 Winter Olympics could effectively outsource uh, with that. Uh, they're having issues with the massive sliding facility for luge and skeleton and bobsled events. Uh, the officials involved in the organization up in Milan uh, Games had initially planned to spend $60 million to rehabilitate uh, the one of the big uh, facilities up there built way back in the 56 Winter Games, but the project received no construction bids. And the proposal to use the shuttered uh, track used in 2006 in the Turing Games didn't take off. The cost of rehabilitating uh, the facility is now pegged at about $160 million, and as a result, organizers are looking elsewhere. One possible solution, they're talking about uh, coming to Lake Placid, New York, which hosted the Winter Olympics way back in 32 and 1980. Of course, we all remember the hockey game uh, of 1980. And the proposal notes one degree of separation between the two locations. Lake Placid is at 44 degrees uh, north latitude, while Cortina is at 45 degrees. And uh, this would be unprecedented. No Winter Olympics events have ever been held outside the host country's borders. Next summer, the surfing competition at Paris Games will be held 10,000 miles away in Tahiti, which offers a much better uh, surfing options in that regard. 
Anyway, a uh, little hockey news, uh, Jeff, just for the second time in National Hockey League history, the first two 20-goal scorers of the season are U.S.-born players. Mm. And Minnesota native Brock, uh, as at Bozier, uh, of the Canucks, needed a hat trick on Tuesday to give uh, him a league-best 21 goals. Meanwhile, Arizona native uh, Austin Matthews with the Maple Leafs scored twice to give 21 goals of his own. The last time this happened, 25 years ago, Massachusetts native Tony Amante of uh, the Blackhawks and Ver- uh, Vermont native John LeClaire of the Flyers were the first to 20 goals during the 98-99 season. You know, by the numbers, you know, we've asked you a few times, Canada or Canada, Canada has the most active National Hockey League players. You ready? I've got a surprise, a little low, 42% of the league, while the U.S., believe it or not, is number two at 29%. Yeah, it's been slowly growing, uh, no doubt about it. Uh, There's been more interest in hockey, especially with the expansion of minor league hockey um, here in the U.S. I mean, Canada's always had those great junior programs and minor leagues, but uh, it's it's starting to spread, and it has been. And that goes back to the 90s, um, you know, with the ice skater days. That's right. Oh, yeah. Those kind of things. So they packed um, that Cajun Dome. But anyway, and, yep. and maybe better college programs too. You're, you're right about that up in the Northeast, expanded and, uh, college, Midwest. Yeah. Anyway, believe it or not, uh, following in at third is Sweden at nine percent, followed by Russia at six, Finland at five. That tops out uh, that uh, there. And I noticed too, uh, just about time uh, when we take our next break, we're going to bring on Coach uh, Terry Martin of the Lordville Tigers. They're re-initiating uh, that uh, All-Star I-10 All-Star game with the teams from Lake Charles area and also the teams of the Acadiana area, the Lafayette area, to play in an All-Star game uh, this coming Saturday at St. Thomas More. We'll have Coach on to talk a little bit about that and uh, maybe if he wants to uh, uh, introduce us a little bit more news around with the Lordville Tigers. Meanwhile, you're listening to Bayou Sports here on a big hump day, December the 13th. We'll be back with Coach Terry Martin and uh, others' uh, information along with uh, uh, Today in Sports History. Hey, guys, if you're looking for the top golf experience in Iberia Parish, you need to look no further than Cane Row Golf and Turf Club. Low or high handicappers will enjoy the beautiful greens, the recently refurbished sand traps, and incredibly plush fairways. And by the way, you don't have to be a golfer to enjoy Cane Row. The brand-new clubhouse sports some of the best burgers, pizza, wings, and many other choices along with absolutely the best, most potent margaritas that you've ever tried. So whether it's golf, food, or just some fun, come to Cane Row and enjoy. Athletic field provides challenges that test their competitor. It is in that challenge that you realize you can accomplish things you have never thought you could accomplish. I am Jacob Lander, and I'm running for state representative in District 49. I've created hundreds of jobs, good paying jobs, that families can build prosperous lives based on those jobs. This is my challenge and I need your help. Your vote and your support will ignite a bright new future for all of us. Paid for by the Jacob Landry for Louisiana campaign. Celebrating 75 years in business, Danos has been setting the standard for generations. Become a part of something bigger and join the team. We're currently hiring for drivers, warehousemen, riggers, crane operators, and forklift operators to work out of Port Fouchon. So apply now at danos.com or call 1-833-GO-DANOS. Great jobs, great people. That's Danos. 
Hi, this is Boxcar Bajlow inviting you to join me and PGA Golf professional Teddy Swyman for Chip Shots. Mondays from 5 to 6 p.m. We'll take an in-depth look at the local, state, and national golf scenes. And we invite you to chip in with your calls at 367-1240. Chip Shots is sponsored by GolfBalls.com and our local golf clubs, Eagle Ridge, King Row, and Sugar Oak. So let's make a tea time for 5 p.m. on Mondays for Chip Shots on Kane. Stream us live on Kane1240.com and catch the podcast the next day. Now back to Bayou Sports. Phone lines are open to talk sports at 367-1240. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. And on the line with us is uh, head football coach uh, uh, Terry Morton of the Lowerville Tigers. Good morning, coach, and uh, welcome back to the program. Good morning, y'all. Uh, nice to talk to y'all on this kind of uh, unexpected uh, visit to the show. But yeah. thank y'all for having me on. Oh, uh, You're quite welcome, coach. Uh, of course, uh, a heads up, you know, uh, you mentioned, I think, recently to uh, Jeff that uh, y'all trying to bring back that I-10 bowl game, all-star football game, which pits the best senior players in the Lafayette area against the uh, best senior players in the Lake Charles area. And uh, why don't you go on and tell our listeners a little bit about that if they're interested in attending this game. Uh, sure. Uh, again, we started this, I want to say this is going to be our sixth one that we do Uh we, uh, we actually we had to take off the year of COVID, you know, because it was hard enough to get our own football done, much less much less this game. And then, then last year uh, we had a delay because with the Lake Charles staff, the guy who had been running it for the last several years, he decided not to do it at the last minute, and, and we ended up not being able to play. But but this all started, like I said, about six years ago when we used to have like like volleyball, baseball, softball, all those all star games has all you know, they've always been an East versus West type game and it, it involved it includes all the, the kids from across the state and if y'all remember football used to be like that and in the old days the game would be played at lsu but we would play it the third week in july in conjunction with our with our annual coaching clinic that we have and uh you know we just started having a lot of issues just like everything you know it seems in the country right now with all the liability insurance getting so expensive uh we started having a lot of trouble with our associate with the high school athletic association raising enough money to, to be able to pay for the insurance, uh, be able to pay for to house the kids for a whole week in hotels, pay for their meals, pay, uh, we had to pay for bus transportation. So that uh, in the case of football, the LHSA decided to go to more regional games where, where the kids could actually drive themselves or the parents could drive them to the games. And, uh, you know, you could actually get more participation this way too and get more kids involved. And so uh, the first year we started off, uh, we, we had the – the Baton Rouge area had already been doing the Red Stick Bowl, so that that was one of the areas. Uh, in Shreveport, Monroe, we, we ended up calling it the I-20 Bowl. And then, of course, in our area with Lake Charles versus Lafayette, we did an I-10 Bowl. And uh, we, we did that for several years, and actually we had a lot of success with it. And, uh, you know, some really, really good games. And, and like I said earlier, you get to get a few more kids involved. And uh, it's always a scramble because all of the coaches involved uh, are normally in the playoffs, and, and it's a lot of times it's a last-minute thing. You know, we, we kind of stress out the whole week trying to get everybody. Uh, sometimes you, you know, you have those those kids who are maybe going to those Division One schools. A lot of times, what will say they're going to play, then they back out, and uh, you know, it, it's just a, a hectic to try to get everybody together. But it, but all, at least for the last five years we've done it, we've been able to pull it off, and, and I think we're going to get we're going to be able to pull it off again this year. Uh, as I mentioned in the text that I sent, uh, the first practices were actually yesterday, last night. Uh, they started practice. And uh, right now we're scheduled to play the game Saturday at St. Thomas More at 12. 
We are actually watching the weather. I'm sure you all have seen, you know, we have some heavy rain coming in that day, but it looks like it may be pushed back a little bit. Uh, if anything, we may move the game up maybe an hour if we have to move it. But as of right now, we're going to go ahead and try to still keep the game on uh, at St. Thomas More. But, uh, you know, as hectic as it is, it's actually a very enjoyable time. I think for the kids and the coaches, too, uh, we've always had really good games, uh, really good competition. And for me, uh, you know, I've kind of always been more of the logistical guy, putting everything together, uh, you know, find all, you know, I ended up trying to find a group of coaches who agree to coach it, and they, you know, helped me select all the players. But it's really something to see. You get a, a group of guys who have never played together, coaches who have never coached together, and they're able to put in a base offense and defensive scheme and, and play a very competitive game, you know, not even with a week of practice. So it's a, it's a really fun thing to see that, you know, come together, and it's, all, it's been a very enjoy, enjoyable experience for all the kids involved. So I'm hoping that we can kind of get it done again today. Coach, how many uh, young men are on, uh, allocated on each squad? They, they allow us to pick 36 players. All right. And, uh, you know, so that that's also a challenge because you have to try to find a few guys who maybe can help on both sides of the ball. Uh, and, and, you know, when you're picking those players, you also have to allocate room for a punter and a kicker. So a lot sure. of times we're trying to find a guy who does both. You know, who's a guy that kicked and punted in high school? And then amongst those position players, which guys can deep snap? You know, because oh, you, you have to have find a guy, cool. you know, for extra points. And, uh, and now, again, we do, we do kind of alter some of the kicking game a little bit. Uh, the extra points or field goals are, are with no rush. Uh, the, the punt, we actually, it, uh, once the ball is punted, then it becomes live. So, in other words, it's not a full-on rush on the punter. But kickoff and kickoff return, we do do a regular, you know, live kickoff, kickoff return. And, uh, you know, so, again, it's, it's always very interesting to put it together. And, uh, you know, when you start the week, you know, I, I've always had these doubts, you know, how in the hell are we going to pull this off? But, uh, you know, I always try to pick some very good coaches, obviously. And, and uh, it's just really something to see that those guys put it together and, and have a competitive game. And, and uh, you know, it's been, like I said, it's been a lot of fun for me to do it. Uh, so hopefully everything goes well and we can still play this game. And, you know, we, we get a lot of, you know, for all of us who, who really love football, we kind of get to that point, you know, once, once that last game, you know, once we leave the Superdome and everything's over, it's kind of like, you know, what in the hell do we do now? You know, I, I've, I've been like that, you know, uh, I, you know, once, you know, college bowl season is over, I'm kind of like lost. I don't know, you know, what to do anymore. And so this gives all, all the local high school football fans at least one more shot, you know, to watch a high school football game. And it gives those guys who are maybe really good high school players and maybe don't, you know, won't get a chance to play the next level, it gives them a chance to play one more game and against you know, high-level competition because all the guys that play in this game are pretty freaking good. Uh, and we've actually had a few of our guys play in this game, and they get to put that, that tape and send it out, and they pick up scholarships because of it. Uh, you know, when we were talking, uh, when we were putting everything together early in the week, you know, we've had several guys who played in this game, who are now playing in the NFL on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, oh, definitely. Uh, you know, just, just in, I remember, uh, golly, man, uh, uh, several of them. Uh, when I look back, uh, I know Elijah Mitchell for sure. Uh, I remember that, that first year he and Braylon Trial were on a team. Uh, you know, those guys have gone on. Uh, Raymond Kale played in it. Uh, you know, just and that, we, we mentioned several guys, and I, I'm kind of drawing a blank right now off the top of my head, but there's been several guys who played in this game who are now playing on Sundays. Oh, wow. Very good. I, I was going to ask you about it, opportunities. Do you know if any college coaches come by and uh, do any recruiting here? 
And that, what's crazy is that with the NCAA regulations, Division One coaches a lot of times are not allowed to attend this, but the NAIA and Division Three coaches can. They, they're not restricted on doing it. Uh, a lot of you know one one of the benefits of a few years ago when we actually our practice site we used UL's indoor facility, and uh, and so though you know they can't go watch these practices or really attend the game, but if it's on their campus, I mean, you know, they, they can they can walk around anywhere they want on their campus, so they got to do, you know, a little bit of put some eyes on, on people. So it it does, you know, it, it, again, we're going to make highlights of this, so a lot of these kids will get opportunities based on this game. Can you tell us uh, any uh, of the local players that might be involved? It's all, you know, again, we, we've had kids, our, our region pretty much goes, I think I want to say Notre Dame, Crowley. Is where our our kids stop. You know, we go that far down I ten, and then all the way, you know, to Opelousas. Uh, obviously, Iberia Parish. Uh, last the last time we played, we had Zylan Perry, who was at Franklin, and I want to say he might have been the first kid that was from St. Uh, St. Mary Parish that played on our team. But but it's a pretty big area, and and then you know the, the Lake Charles area starts around Crowley, and they go all the way to the to the Texas border. You know, and. I want to say, you know, they do have kids from the De Quincey area. You know, they go as far north. Probably the area that's missing in our state is more of the Alexandria. We do not have a central Louisiana game, but several of those kids that, that are in Rapids Parish and in that area, they actually go play in the, the, the one in the north, the I-20 Bowl, with the Shreveport-Monroe area. So we, we try to, you know, get as many kids as involved. And, of course, that's kind of, especially with the 5A district in our area, there's that natural, and, you know, I'm talking about a pretty, you know, sometimes bitter rivalry with those Lake Charles schools. Uh, a lot of those coaches play against each other in that 5A league, and so they're very familiar with each other, and the players are very familiar with each other. So uh, we, we kind of base it in, 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 off the UL McNeese kind of type rivalry. Uh, the, the Lake Charles area schools, their jerseys are, are based off of McNeese's colors, and our jerseys are based off UL's colors. And so, we, you know, we try to build up that rivalry, too, uh, one one thing I guess is kind of unfortunate this year, uh, because we weren't sh- you know weren't sure we we're going to be able to have the game. We can't always order the game jerseys in it you know enough time in advance to get them from the game for the game. So what we've done in the past, we we just have the kids wear their home jerseys, which they have to wear their own helmets anyway from their school, and the, the visiting team will wear all they'll all wear their white jerseys. And believe it or not, it, it doesn't really look that bad. Uh, you know you're able to tell you know which kids are which. But the, the, the positive side of that is I'm probably today I'm going to get a size list of the jerseys. And now that kid can pick his own number that, you know, that he wore at his school, and we give them a commemorative all-star jersey with his actual number on it. Because, you know, normally when I put the roster together, I'll have four or five kids that all wore the same number in high school. And, of course, they all want their number. But, but you know, we're not able to do that. And so a lot of times the jersey that they get, you know, we always give them their all-star jersey. It's not their number that they wore in high school. So the way when it works out this way, actually it might be a little bit better because they get to have their own number. So, you know, when we play, uh, they'll all have the same pants on, but they're going to be wearing their high school's uh, home jerseys when we play this Saturday. Gotcha. Anything else about Saturday's game you want to share? I uh, wouldn't mind hitting on a couple other points with you, too. Uh, and, again, you know, like I, like I said, it's just a good thing for our area and for, for a lot of our kids to get into uh, we, you know, we do have, uh, we, we get a photographer who comes and does a lot of individual, you know, does all the individual uh, pictures, does team pictures, but she also will do action shots throughout the game. 
and uh, actually get some really, really good pictures from that. And uh, I think, uh, you know, it's, it's a great, great keepsake for these kids to have. You know, not only that, you know, they get the honor of being chosen, but, but they get to have all, all the, you know, the pictures of it. It's a lot of great memories. And, uh, you know, it's, again, like I said, uh, football is, is such a, uh, a uniter. You know, and, and you have a lot of these kids who probably didn't like each other, you know, in high school because they played against each other. But it's always amazing to me to see how football brings people together. And, and uh, you know, these kids develop, you know, I want to see, you know, lifelong relationships. And I, I know a lot of our kids who have played in this game, they still talk to some of those guys. And, uh, and it's just it's, it's a really good experience to see how kids who a lot of times will not get along because they play each other during the regular season, but they come together and, and because now we are all from the Lafayette area. And there's a huge amount of pride. You know, y'all know how successful. Just look at this year in the state championships. How successful Acadiana area football has been for years and years. And like I said, that there's, there's that natural rivalry between that Lake Charles area, and uh, and it's just it's, it's a real cool thing to see how how they come together and, and you know get ready to fight for each other for for just a week at a time. You know, so it's a it's a great experience for the players and the coaches, and it's something that uh, you know it's enjoyable for the fans. So uh, you know, we love to see as many people come out as we can. Uh, to, to get that one more shot for these kids to play a high school football game. Hey, Coach, do, do y'all, when y'all assign the uh, uh, rosters, do y'all use so many kids from 5A, so many kids from 4A, 3A, 2A, and 1A in that well, regard? It, yes, and, and again, in the old days, we were limited to how many kids we could have from each class. You know, you could only have a certain amount of kids from each class. And you could also only have, I want to say way back, only two kids from the same team, high school team just to make it, you know, to try to get as many kids as involved that you can. But now when you go to regional games, it's more of a, of a, of a you know, of a position need. And so now we are allowed to have more kids if necessary, you know, from each class or from each team. Just to, and again, look, it's, it's hard to fill a team now because, uh, like I said, you know, you'll have a lot of kids who, you know, some of them going to the big-time schools. Let's be honest, those college coaches, they don't want them playing in this game. True. You know, with the risk of injury. So, you know, you'll have some kids back out because of that. Uh, a lot of times you have those dual sport athletes who, who are really good basketball players. And, and, and pretty much, I'll be honest, pretty much our, our local basketball coaches have been really understanding and have allowed them to play. But sometimes you get, you know, you have a conflict with the game or whatever, and, they, and they'll just say, my kid's not playing football. And, and so, you know, it, it, and unfortunately, a, a lot of times we'll have a last-minute you know, have to have somebody back out, you know, now we're scrambling to find another kid. So we really don't worry about what class or what team he's from. It's just if it's a position need, we go and grab the best kid that, that we, we can. And, uh, you know, but it, like I said, the, it's a downside, but now it's an upside for a kid, you know, who, who didn't have the chance in the first place. Uh, I can remember, uh, you know, just looking like, again, personal experience with, with Zy Alexander, who was my quarterback in free safety over here. Well, Zy gets picked to play in that game. We get there. Two or three receivers, we find out, back out. So Shane Savoy, uh, who's been helping me since this started, you know, he's really been, you know, with me the whole the whole time. He says, "Well, can Zion play receiver?" I said, "Shane, he can play wherever the hell we want him to play." And so on the Wednesday, we not only we move him to receiver, but a kid who also played for me, who wasn't in the game, gets to come up now and starts practicing with us on the Wednesday. We put Zion receiver. He scores four touchdowns. In, in the game as a receiver, instead of as, as a quarterback on defense. And so, you know, a kid that wasn't going to even play there now, you know, gets this uh, other potential exposure. Uh, the last year we played it, uh, we played it at, uh, in Sulphur. 
uh, I have, uh, you know, Caleb and Colin, they're playing on the team. But then we, we lose another slot receiver. So Ethan Simon, who was my running back over here at Laurelville, I, I told them, look, I'll bring him. He can catch the ball. You know, and, and so we put him on the field on Wednesday. And then in that game, he makes two big first down conversions, catching the ball that allows us to, to, to keep the ball and win the game. So, uh, you know, it, 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 it is kind of tough, you know, filling the positions at times, but it always gives other kids who are pretty good players a chance to play. And maybe, you know, because of that game now, you know, Ethan went on to play two years actually in Wisconsin, you know, at a Division three school, and he was able to say, look, I have this tape from this game, and he played slot receiver at this school for two years pretty much based on, on being able to show him this film. Real good. Coach, uh, since we spoke to you last a few weeks ago, uh, any final thoughts on the way the classifications and districts shook out? Well, again, I think it's finalized, and it looks like uh, I'm, I'm not sure that anything's going to be brought up on trying to make football districts by divisions. That, that kind of came and went. Now, I think in the future it'll probably end up happening. But uh, we ended up, I think everybody's districts are set. Uh, I, I've actually gotten my last contract in, so now I can breathe a little bit, uh, a little bit of sigh of relief because now I think the schedule's finally set, you know, which I know coaches who are still looking for games. But I don't think there's going to be a push at all to, to go make districts by divisions. That should be done. Now, I know in January uh, it's going to be come up to a vote that for the next reclass that football from now on will be done in four divisions instead of five classes, uh, kind of like volleyball and kind of like uh, you know some of the other minor sports are, are just divisions. So that's going to come up, and I, I think I'm, I'm, I feel pretty confident that will pass. But that will be, again, at our next reclass two years from now. So uh, our local district is set. Uh, we did lose Ascension Episcopal. They, they went down to 1A. But we ended up getting Homer Christian back, if you remember, two, uh, two years ago they were in our district. So we still have the same number of teams in our district, uh, you know, six teams in our district. And, uh, you know, I think it's going to be – I think Homer Christian is now much more competitive than they were in the past as far as football is concerned. Uh, and, you know, uh, as football coaches, most of us are wrapping up. And, uh, you know, our schedules are done. So – it looks like we're going to you know, go ahead and be in five classes for two more years as far as, as district and regular season play. But then once we get to the playoffs, you'll be in four divisions again like it was this year. Real good. Well, Coach, appreciate you joining us this morning. Do me a favor. If anything does change about Saturday game time or otherwise, uh, keep me in the loop and we'll make sure the Absolutely. word gets out there. I will, it, it, you'll be the first one I'll let know if we have to change it. Coach, again, appreciate you joining us. All right, man. Thank you all very much. You're welcome, Coach. Uh, Good luck. Yeah. Uh, With that, uh, time to take our next break. You're listening to uh, Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 AM 1240. We'll be back with a little bit more along with Today in Sports History. Nowadays, none of us can be without adequate insurance coverage, but we still want to be sure we're getting the best value for the money. That's why so many people call the Schwing Insurance Agency to get a quote. The Schwing family has been handling the insurance needs of businesses and homeowners for almost 80 years. You can depend on Schwing Insurance to find the coverage you need at the best price. So before you buy a new policy or renew an existing one, call the Schwing Insurance Agency for a quote at 365-2357. Schwing Insurance, 300 East Main, across from the shadows. Is it time? Time for a new roof or to repair the old one. Hi, this is Jake Blanchard with LA Classic Roofing. We're a third generation roofing contractor that has been in the business for over 70 years. As a locally owned and operated company, we're also licensed and insured for your peace of mind. 
We offer free estimates and a $100 referral fee for full roof replacement. Check us out on Facebook at L.A. Classic Roofing. And the number to call is 465-3888. L.A. Classic Roofing, professional roofing solutions since the 1950s. Athletic Field provides challenges that test their competitor. It is in that challenge that you realize you can accomplish things you have never thought you could accomplish. I am Jacob Landry, and I'm running for state representative in District 49. I've created hundreds of jobs, good-paying jobs, that families can build prosperous lives based on those jobs. This is my challenge, and I need your help. Your vote and your support will ignite a bright new future for all of us. Paid for by the Jacob Landry for Louisiana campaign. Introducing Six Flags Plus, your pass to a whole year of unlimited visits with access to all Six Flags theme parks and water parks. Plus priority entry, plus parking, plus in-park discounts on food and more. Plus amazing rides and awesome events you don't want to miss. Get all you love about Six Flags. The new Six Flags Plus. All of Six Flags, all year. Experience Six Flags Plus now for just $11.99 a month. See details at SixFlags.com. Now back to Bayou Sports on the all-new Kane 107.5. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on this big hump day, December 13th. Just quickly before we go to today in sports history, you know, Victor uh, Wembanyama is, uh, came into the league as the most hyped prospect since LeBron James. Well, tonight they go at it at 7 o'clock uh, on the NBA channel, they play each other for the first time. Interesting to see that. Wimbaon Yama has been uh, ab- as advertised, but his Spurs, believe it or not, the Spurs uh, under uh, Coach Popovich, are 3-19 and in modern and San Fr- uh, franchise worst 17-game losing streak. Of course, LeBron. It's amazing. The- they win three of their first five. That's right. But then lose 17 in a row. And also the Pistons, I think, are a 20-game 20, losing streak. Un- unless they played in one last night. Yeah, yeah don't know if they did or didn't. Anyway, the Lakers, 14-9, just won the inaugural uh, in-season tournament and have won uh, 12 of, s- of their last 16 games uh, with that. Uh, of course, uh, a little on the tube tonight, NHL Bruins at Devils at uh, 6 on TNT, Max. Uh, Sabres at Avalanche uh, later on this evening on TNT. Uh, college men's basketball, number 8, Creighton at UNLV. That's on the CBS Sports Network. Uh, women's action, number 20, Creighton at number 19, Marquette. Uh, in that regard, uh, also number 5, Texas at uh, number uh, at Arizona. And uh, just uh, quickly, by the numbers, Wimbanyama is leads all rookies. He's averaging almost 19 a game, uh, a little over 10 rebounds a game, 1.2 steals, and uh, 2.8 blocks a game. So uh, he's uh, he's uh, is advertised. He's seven foot three, close to seven four. So uh, we'll see how that breaks out for Coach Popovich and uh, the Spurs tonight. 19. Uh, game losing streak or or, or what I say 16 19 anyway uh, today in sports history here on December 13th way back in 1931 the National Football League championship game the Packers at 12 and 2 uh, win their third straight uh, uh, post title on this date of course the Packers uh, won a few titles in the 30s how they were penciled in with title time later on in the 60s also in this date 1936 in the National Football League championship games at the Polo Grounds uh, Green Bay beat the Boston uh, Redskins, I'm sure the future of the Washington Redskins, 21-6. to It's the Packers' fourth title. Redskins moved to D.C. for the 37th season, and Sammy Ball becomes their quarterback. Meanwhile, in the 1942 uh, National Football League Championship game at Griffith Stadium, uh, the Washington Redskins, now commanders, upset the Bears 14-6. to 
Also in this date, 1952, NFL Dallas Texans. That's right. The Texans were originally from New York. It was their final game. They lost 41-6 to to the Lions in Detroit, finishing with a record of 1-11. Uh, Bobby Lane, of course, uh, leading those uh, uh, Lions. Also uh, uh, on this date, uh, 1956, the Dodgers trade Jackie Robinson to the Giants for pitcher Dick Littlefield. Jackie Robinson said, I'm not playing with the Giants, man. Robinson said, I'd rather retire than uh, go to the Giants, and he did. Also in this date, 1969, manager Billy Martin is fired by the Twins. Billy Martin brought him to the divisional title that year in 69, and uh, they fired him. Why? I don't know. Probably repercussions with the ownership. Uh, I tell, tell you what, my aunt, who lived in Bloomington uh, just minutes from the stadium, uh, the old uh, Mets stadium, she talked about Billy Martin for the next decade. Throughout the 70s, she was like, oh, I miss Billy Martin. Uh, it was amazing. <laughs> yeah, either you loved him or you hated him. Meanwhile, way back in 1977, uh, a tragic day on this date, uh, a la Marshall University, uh, 14 University of Evansville basketball players uh, were killed in a plane crash uh, with that, from, uh, similar to the 1970 uh, Marshall team that uh, there was over, I think, 70 people that were killed in that crash, 40-something uh, Marshall players. Uh, on that flight. Also, back in 1983, almost 10,000 see the highest scoring NBA game in history as Detroit beat Denver 186 to 84 in three overtimes. You wonder if they had played any defense at all. Meanwhile, on this date, 1996, free agent Roger Clement signs with the Toronto Blue Jays. Also, uh, a few Heisman Trophy notifications today. In 97, in the 63rd Heisman Trophy, Charles Woodson of Michigan beats out Peyton Manning. Of course, Woodson, the only uh, defensive player ever awarded the Heisman. He played a little offense, too. Don't kid yourself. Kick returner, punt returner. Uh, Did it it pretty much all for Michigan as a wide slot receiver and all. Also in this date, 1999, Ron Dane of Wisconsin uh, wins the Heisman. Also in 2003 on this date, Jason White of Oklahoma wins the Heisman. Of course, LSU ends up beating him in the uh, national championship game over in the Superdome for LSU's second national championship back in uh, 03, well, January of 04. Also in this date in 2010, Cam Newton uh, of Auburn wins the Heisman Trophy. Elsewhere on this date in 2014 and the 80th Heisman Trophy Award, Marcus Mariota of Oregon wins the Heisman, and uh, he's kind of lost right now. But wasn't he? Wasn't he playing? Uh, he played with Tennessee for a little bit uh, recently. In, in Atlanta last year, wasn't he? Yeah, he was at Atlanta. He's starting quarterback, but then they drafted uh, the young man out of Cincinnati, who uh, is now uh, their starting quarterback. Also in this date, uh, in 2015, the following year, Derrick Henry won the Heisman uh, from Alabama, uh, the second running back, I do believe, from Alabama, along with Marcus Ingram, who won in 2010. Also in this date, in uh, 2018, excuse me, German basketball forward Dirk Nowitzki takes the court for his record 21st NBA season with the Dallas Mavericks, passing Kobe Bryant's 20 season with the Lakers. I think LeBron James also is in his 21st season, I do believe, uh, with the Lakers this year. Birthdays today, way born way back in 1913, Archie Moore, uh, the light heavyweight boxing champ from 52 to 60, born in, I don't know if they pronounce it, Benoit or Bonite, Mississippi. Elsewhere on this date, 1924, Larry Dolby, uh, the Hall of Fame uh, outfielder and all-star uh, and World Series participant in 48, uh, home run leader, uh, first African-American in the American League uh, 
to win the MVP award. He was also the first player, too, born in Cleveland in Camden, uh, played for Cleveland, born in Camden, South Carolina. Also born on this day, Carl Erskine, uh, one of the uh, boys of the summer, born in 1926, baseball player with the Brooklyn Dodgers, born in Anderson, Indiana. I think he went back home, became a banker. And I think Carl Erskine just passed away, if not this year, uh, maybe late last year. Also born on this date, well, uh, Cub through and through, Ferguson Jenkins, Hall of Fame pitcher and coach, Cy Young Award in 71, All-Star in 67 to 71, 72 with the Cubs, 3,000-plus career strikeouts, born in Chatham, Ontario, Canada. Also passing away this date in 2006, the man that uh, brought up uh, the Super Bowl uh, as the moniker for the championship, Lamar Hunt, the executive owner of the Chiefs, dies at 74. Also born, uh, dying on this day way back in 2017, I can remember him playing with the Falcons, Tommy Novus, who was the number one draft pick uh, from Texas with the Falcons back in 66. He had a 22-inch neck when he played uh, uh, also football. Anyway, he was also rookie of the year that year with the Falcons. Also passing away last year on this date, 2022, uh, one of the Wiz kids, Kirk Simmons, uh, all-star, World Series champ with the Cards, and uh, with the Wiz kids, who uh, I think he had the, most of the team was under 25 when they played the Yankees. Yankees swept them four games to nothing in 1950. And the quote of the day, uh, I'm going to go back to Lamar Hunt. He says, you can't compare a Super Bowl crowd, which tends to be more polite and a little more neutral to that, the Super Bowl only has seven to 8,000 fans for each team uh, who participate in the Super Bowl. But I can tell you what, though, when the Saints played the Super Bowl in 2009, they tell me, the friends that attended that game, it was like uh, with the, I don't know, 75, 80,000 people uh, at uh, the stadium down in Miami. Uh, it seemed like 80,000 of them were Saint fans. <laughs> the Coats uh, didn't bring that many people. It was like five to one in that stadium that day. And Peyton Manning, even remark it felt like we were playing in New Orleans and not Miami anyway uh, Jeff that's today in sports history here on a big hump day December the 13th big thanks to our guests today again Terry Martin head coach at Lauraville joined us and don't forget about that all-star game Saturday at noon right now scheduled at noon at St. Thomas More. but uh, appreciate him joining us today and we thank our sponsors LA Classic Roofing Cane Row Golf and Turf Club, the Schwing Insurance Agency, and now State Representative-Elect Jacob Landry, District 49.